Good morning. Welcome to the branches. My name is Alex Hershey. I'm the pastor here. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, really quick, would you turn to someone around you and give them a big smile and tell them that Jesus loves you? You can get loud. You can get a little louder. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. Maybe give them a high five now. I feel like this is good. Thank you, Jack. There we go. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, today is family worship. This is when we gather every fifth Sunday. We uh, give our Twigs volunteers a break and we gather together. This is also just a fun Sunday because we also get to have a water park. I don't know. We, I mean, we got a water park right over here, so we use it, so it'll be good. So if you're here for the first or second time or third time or whatever, or if you just plain forgot, uh, uh, you can stick around for a meal right afterwards and, uh, and hang out. It'll be fantastic. We'd love for you to do that. We always have plenty of food. And then also, uh, if you forgot your swim trunks, just tell us, and you can run home and get them. We prefer that you would run home and get them, if, anyway, but all right. And so, uh, but that's today, and we're just so glad that you're all here this morning. Uh, the branches of the church that exist to make sure that we are able to understand the love of God and that we can share that love with others. Our hope is that we are a people who go deeper with Jesus, and as we go deeper with Christ, then we are able to branch out to others the love of Christ. We want to understand this in all that we do, and our mission is to connect to God, grow in Christ, and to love others. And if you hear anything in this morning, my prayer is this, that you hear that you're loved by Jesus. That is the greatest love that has ever happened in this world, in this universe, and that you experience that love, and that that love causes your heart to take action, to make sure that you are an instrument of His love, His peace, and His joy throughout this coming week. Well, great! Uh, I don't know about you, but my kids started school last week. What in the world? I have been told many times, as I say, summer is over, that summer is not over. Uh, someone told me that summer's not over until October. I think I'm jumping in ship with them. I think let's just keep the summer wave riding. It'll all be good. But because school is starting back up, and I know Plainfield is starting this week, and other schools are starting all around, uh, we have a lot of teachers that come to uh, the branches we also have a lot of kids as well. And so we're going to pray over our students and our teachers right now. So uh, we're going to start by praying for our teachers. So anyone who works in the school system, all right, uh, would you please just stand right now? I know that you don't always enjoy doing this, but can you stand right now? That's fantastic. There you go. That's great. I know. There we go. Cool. Great. All right. Stay, remain standing. And uh, we're going to pray over them right now. Would you pray with me? If they're close to you, you can stick your hands out if you would like to, and, and that'd be great. Let's pray for them. Oh, holy God, you are good. And as we begin a new school year, we know there are many people who make uh, this school year happen, from administrators all the way down to those who keep the facilities clean and germ-free and everything in between, and every piece is of high value and importance for the youth of our community. And so, Lord, we, we raise them up right now, and we ask that your presence be with them. And, Lord, we pray for, for these who are amongst us right now, who work in the schools, Lord, that you watch over them, that you guide them and that you lead them, that you fill them with your wisdom, that you give them your confidence, and you allow for them to have opportunities daily to share your love with those who they are working with and the students that are around them. Lord, we also pray that you allow for them to, to be protected through this season, through this school year, Lord. Just watch over them and lead them. Let them be able to be instruments of your peace. For there are those students who come 
who have hardships, Lord. Let them be able to speak comfort into their lives. Let them fill their brains not only with knowledge, but also with the understanding that they are a child of God. And so, Lord, we just ask that you watch over them and that you bless them in this incoming school year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's give them a round of applause, too. We really love you guys. We value them. I'm just going to give a quick shout-out for our August One Thing, which our one thing here at the branch is one thing a month, is that we, we focus on something that we can help others with, uh, nonprofits and, and people in our community. Uh, for August, we are working on figuring out uh, how you, teachers have uh, Amazon Amazon um, playlist. They don't listen to music. They actually, anyway, what is Amazon, like wish lists. That's what's, thank you everybody. It's a Pearl Jam song. I should remember that. Anyway, but they have wish lists. And so these wish lists, we're going to try to knock them out as a congregation for our teachers here. As you can see, we have a lot of them. So as that information comes out, I encourage you to, to knock off their Amazon wish list for their classroom. All right. Now, with, I think we usually, we've never really had this because our kids have always been in twigs. But right now, every kid, stand up. Stand up, children. Look at this. As you can see, teachers are outnumbered. Oh my goodness. All the time they're outnumbered. Oh, that's so good. Hey, we, hey, really quick, just look at a kid and be like, I'm so glad you're here. Everybody, so glad you're here. Yes. We are. We love our kids here. But stay standing. Stay, remain standing. There we go. I know your legs are tired for all that, the hard work you do. But anyway, all right, it's cool. Hey, we love you guys. We're so glad that you're part of this church, and uh, we value you, and we, we, we are so excited. And so we're going to pray over you guys right now, okay? Let's pray. If you feel comfortable, raise your hands around our kids right now, and let's pray for them. Oh, holy God, we thank you for the youth that we have here at this church. Uh, we're so grateful for our kids, from preschoolers all the way to college kids, and that uh, they have such an impact upon our church. And we value them, and we value all that they have done, and all that they are doing, and will do for this church. And so, Lord, we pray right now, as a new school year comes upon them, that you be with them. And Lord, we pray right now that you give them your wisdom, that you give them your favor, and you give them your stature. Lord, we pray this upon our kids. We ask this blessing upon them, that they do well, that they are recognized for doing well, and that they are able to have good friendship groups. Protect them, Lord, in this season. Watch over their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs, Lord. And Lord, we do pray this prayer upon them, that you keep them holy and pure. Keep them innocent, and keep them focused upon what your call is for their life. Not what peers are saying they need, but they stay focused upon what you desire for them. And so, Lord, in this school year, we ask that you bless them, that you be with them, that they always feel that they are not alone, but that they have you with them. So, Lord, surround them with your grace. Lord, surround them with your love. Surround them with this church community so they know once a week they have a place where they can come and be loved upon. Lord, we just thank you for these kids, and we, we know that we are blessed to have each and every one of them here. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Awesome. Hey, thank you for being a church that loves kids. Give yourself a round of applause for that. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty great. All right.
Well, hey, it is awesome to be here. Uh, I love Family Sundays because Family Sundays to me are, are Sundays where it's so great to be reminded that we have kids uh, in this congregation. And uh, I've been a pastor of churches where kids are not present, and it is a lonely place. I will always, I will always value uh, uh, crying kids and screaming kids over the one guy who's, who's just over there like giving me the stink eye while he's on his oxygen tank because that's... I've been in that church before. Okay, sorry, okay, sorry. I got a little too much details there, but anyway, he's a real human. I'm not, anyway, so okay, all right, sorry, okay, anyway. Hey, but uh, I'm pumped for this day. Uh, we're going to have some fun here, and we're actually going to be looking at a story that I actually love throughout Scripture. It's the story of Zacchaeus, and I think I love Zacchaeus because he is literally identified in the Bible. Like, of all the human characteristics that you can give someone, but he's, like, he is identified as being short. Oh, where are my short people? I can't see you. Never mind. It doesn't even matter. You can be waving. I can't see you. Anyway, but no. And so I love, I love this story because it's so great. And, uh, but it's a story that I can relate to, right? Like everywhere I go, for the most part, if there is a crowd, meaning more than five people, I have to like get on my tippy toes to see over anything. I've learned, I mean, my calf, or whatever these called, Achilles or whatever they're, I don't even know muscles, but they're, they're so strong. My calf muscles are ginormous just because I'm always on my tippy toes. Concerts, sporting events, whatever it may be. This summer we went to uh, a hotel, or we went to Memphis, and if you've ever been to Memphis, one of the famous things that they have there besides Elvis is the Peabody Hotel, okay? This Peabody Hotel is this really fancy hotel that we didn't stay at, but it's a fancy hotel that you can go and visit because they let ducks swim in their fountain, right? This sounds really appealing right now. You're all booking trips to Memphis, I understand. But as you go there, and it's a big deal, you go in and we see these ducks floating. But the biggest deal about these ducks is at 5.30, no, at 5 o'clock, they lead the ducks to an elevator and then up to the roof, right? So these ducks are living the life. But they do this by having a red carpet, and they have like, I don't know how else to say it, like the doormen like lead them out. It's a big production. So in my mind, they're ducks, have you, how, how many people have seen ducks before, right? I've seen ducks before. They're sometimes in my backyard. And so, like, I've seen ducks before. But apparently, not just small children love this. Everybody loves this. And so I thought maybe there'd be, like, 50 people there times a lot. So there's a lot. So there's hundreds of people there. And it's really, I mean, it was cool. I'm not trying to understand. But I'm like, I've been walking all day, driving all day, and, like, the kids get good seats. That's fine with me. And I'm like, well, I'll probably be able to see it. And I'm just standing in the back. And I'm like, okay, where are the ducks? And I'm just still in the back. But I tried to, I wish I would have kept the photo because it would have been perfect for right now. I'm looking at the screens like I have the photo. Travis magically pulled up this photo that I don't have anymore because I deleted it because it was reminding me how short I was. And so I took this photo thinking I might be able to see the ducks as the ducks were leaving into uh, into the elevator, and all it was was like the back of somebody's head, and like then like a guy like picking his nose. I'm serious, and that's what it was. And I was like, that's it. That's all I could see about these ducks. So sometimes being short is not great, but other times it is. I don't hit my head on a lot of stuff, so that's that's the only bonus. But but it's crazy, and in this way that being able to see this. But this is where I really relate to Zacchaeus. I really love the story of Zacchaeus because something is going on. And he wants to do anything possible to be able to see what's going on. And that is Jesus. 
And I think that's really where I, where I like the story of Zacchaeus. Because at all costs, he wants to see who this Jesus is. At all costs, no matter the obstacle, he wants to see who Jesus is. And that's something that I want us to look at today. I want to read the scripture to you. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to bring them with you. Uh, I, I just think that uh, if you want to grow closer to, to God and understanding who Jesus is, bring your scriptures, bring the Bible with you. This is, where we find the, uh, this is where we find out who God is and who God wants you to be. And so let's take a look at this. It's, just the, it's the first ten verses. So this is the story of Zacchaeus. If you've heard this story a bunch, fantastic. Uh, if you've never heard this, fantastic. We're all in the same boat. We're going to hear something new in this morning. Here it is. Jesus entered Jericho. This is right after he healed someone uh, who was blind. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, there it is. I mean, forever, Zacchaeus. I mean, the only Zac that I, I mean, like, I know Zach, but look how tall Zach is. This, show, just stand up, Zach. Look at that. Zach, that's a Zach, and he's tall. Everyone give him applause for good genetics anyway. So anyway, but he was, so Zach wasn't, so he was short, and he was not, couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. And Jesus said to, them, said to him, said to Zach, Today salvation has come to his, this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This story is a powerful story and is one that I absolutely love. And now kids, I don't know, I was singing camp songs up here earlier. And uh, uh, do you guys, how many of you remember the Zacchaeus song? All right, if you remember it, I'm going to sing it. I'm going to teach it to you all, okay? All right, and now I'm going to double check because now I'm worried. All right, so if you know it, sing along with me. If you, I know that I'm, I can be bonkers sometimes, so here we go. Oh, now I don't know how to work my phone. There it is. Okay, I just, okay, okay. You ready? Okay, here it goes. Right. If you can sing it with me, sing it with me, and then we'll sing it again. I'm looking right at you, Deidre, and so anyway, okay. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree to sort he wanted to see. As, as he, Savior, passed that way, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. Oh, there you go. Okay, now we've all learned this. Because you're such good learners, you've been in the thumb of you, been in the, okay, here we go. Here we are. All right, I want to say, okay. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree to see what he could see. Or for the Savior you wanted to see. And then what? Oh my gosh, I just lost it. Oh, I, I see. I sing my own words. And the Savior, oh, and when the Savior passed that way, he looked up. I'm in the tree. That's as good as tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, you come down. And we're going to your house 
today. And I'm going to your house today. Good job. And give, oh my gosh. Okay. I see I'm really good at this. Okay. It was great. So that's a song that now I want you to have is stuck into your head for the rest of this week. You're welcome. But it's a story of a man who was far from God. It's a story of a man who had chosen an opposite way to live than the plan that God had for him. But in this moment, in this moment, he sees that there's an option to live differently. There's an option to step into a life that was not necessarily on his radar. And it begins to change everything. I think there's three things that we can look at really quick, and I just want to throw them out for us in in this story. We first see Zach wants to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. The second thing is this, that Jesus calls him out and invites himself over, which I always love that about Jesus. He just invites himself over. And the third thing is that Zach seeks a new way to live. These are things that we can pull from just this simple passage that I believe that still hit our hearts today. So the first one is this, that Zach wants to see Jesus. And there's obstacles. Now we look at this as a physical obstacle, right? He's short. But all of a sudden then we can draw into that we have obstacles in our lives that keep us from seeing Jesus. We have obstacles that keep us from encountering God. Now for us, we are here today. We have made it a point to encounter Jesus today by being here. Some of us might have tried to like, create obstacles so we couldn't be here, but yet we are still here. We're still here. I think there are things in our lives that are things that keep us from God. And I'm just going to list them. And there are probably some common things that you, we've heard if you've ever been in church. The first is simply this. And I think this is the greatest one that all humanity has ever faced. And that is simply pride. We have pride. When we look at Zacchaeus, he is identified as a tax collector. Tax collectors were not well thought of people. They just skimmed off the top and they could do whatever they want to become wealthy. And they all became wealthy. They made sure of that. But they became wealthy because of other people. Not because of their work, but by taking advantage of other people. This is one of the greatest sins that we've ever seen throughout history. But in this moment, Zacchaeus' pride was something that struggled with him. And I think it's something that, is for all of us, we have this. We are selfish people. Our pride is always, if we're not aware of it, going to try to elevate us over others. It just is. We as Christians have to learn to resist this pride and resist this selfishness. We just have to. Or it's always going to be after us. Pride is something that we struggle with. It is often an obstacle in seeing Jesus. The second thing is this, is idolatry, right? We like to worship things. We are a people of worship, right? And not just Jesus. We like to worship things, literally material things. This has been a consistent through all of time. Look what my hands have provided for myself. I love these possessions. I love these things. This is what I'm after. We create idols with our hands, and then we want to worship them as well. We love that. The next thing is this. Another obstacle besides pride and idolatry is worldliness. So often in our lives, we sell our souls in this life for a little bit of success in this world. We love it. We love the world, and we can fall into its traps so often. And the next thing is this. So we pride at all tree worldness. The next thing is this, the secret sins of our life. I think these these can become detrimental in in, uh, obstacles for us encountering Jesus. We battle with them. 
We struggle with them. You know that they are there. Often throughout the Psalms, we see them cry out and say, cleanse me of everything, Lord. Whatever may be keeping me from you, Lord, cleanse this from me. But often we we can forget to do that. And those things become the obstacles, the little things in our lives that we think that are struggle that are not necessarily keeping us from God, become things that do. And so we need to make sure that we repent of these little secrets in our lives and get rid of them as we come before Christ. And then the last one, this is the five things: pride, idolatry, uh, worldliness, secret sins, and then self-righteousness. And this is just convincing ourselves that we're good. Just convincing ourselves that we're good, which means that we like to think we're not as bad as the other person. At least I'm not as bad as that guy, you know, right? As it happens, you know? I like to look at pictures sometimes. I'm like, well, well, look at, hey, hey, look at me. I might not have a six-pack, but look at that guy, you know what I mean? But we can do this with our our spiritual lives. We can do this with our emotional lives as well. We can do this with raising our children and raising, and, and also our marriages as well. Not as bad as those guys. Woohoo! Look at me. We're living the high life, you know. But this is the thing, and it's a trap that Cheryl Crow has tried to, if it makes you happy, don't fall for that. She is not a good philosopher here. If it makes you happy, that's not what it's about. That's not how you find genuine happiness. It's about self-sacrifice. It's about knowing that God is where we can find our center. It's about surrender in His lives. And these are the things that can become obstacles for us. And I want to identify those for us just as, as we move forward. These obstacles can become, can over, can become, can, we can overcome these obstacles. We can try to learn sentences too. But we can overcome these obstacles. Zacchaeus had obstacles and he, he found a way to still encounter Jesus. We have obstacles and we can still encounter Jesus, right? We know that the grace of, of our, our Savior is, is greater than any sin, greater than any struggle, greater than any obstacle. And we can get over these barriers. We don't want these barriers to stay. We want to break free. We are reminded in our lives that we can do this. And so I believe that as we begin to see the tones of this passage play out for us, we begin to see that, that one, that Jesus wants us to encounter Him. And no obstacle is big enough to keep us from Him. We can fight through it. So we have learned that, that if we position ourselves to see Jesus, Jesus will indeed acknowledge us. Right? When we position ourselves in a way to encounter Christ, He will acknowledge us. He acknowledged Zach, right? He acknowledged Zacchaeus, and He said, Hey, Zacchaeus, I see you up in that tree. He knew Him by name. Isn't that awesome? It's the reminder for us that the shepherd always knows his sheep's name. Jesus knows your name, and He calls us out into a way to come and have relationships with Him, to have a deep relationship with Him. He wants you to know this and understand this in our lives. The thing is, is that Zacchaeus was living a life that was opposite of God's plan, but that didn't keep Jesus from wanting Zacchaeus to be part of his plans. That is a good reminder for us all. There is nothing that we can do that will will keep us from the grace of God. Jesus will always be drawing us in, and Jesus will always be inviting himself into our lives. Are you ready? I think Jesus also, to be honest, I think he was tired of all the fake people around him. All these churchy people, right? Or synagogue people. I guess that would be the word. 
but he was just tired of it. He kept going over to their houses, and they had sayings up on their walls, you know, like, you know, pray more, worry less, stuff like that, you know, and like, I, we have that up, but you know, like, but like, you know, but like, none of them were, none of them were following it, you know, he's just tired of it. He's like, I might as well go and have fun with Zacchaeus. He's going to be raw and honest with me. He's not going to be fake about what he does. Yeah, I read my scriptures. You're like, I can see the layer of dust on your Bible. You know, <laughs> you know, he just wanted an honest, fun relationship. I think that's what he wants from all, each and every one of you. He doesn't want you to be fake in your faith. He doesn't want you to be caught up in what could be in your faith. He wants you to be real. He wants you to connect with Him. He wants you to be fall in love with the Savior of the world. He wants that from you. So Jesus, He encounters us, and then He wants to be with us. This is, this is, this is important for us to see. He really, I, I don't think Jesus ever created us in a way so that we could end up in a wax museum type of faith where it looks good, but, but it's a little off and it's not living. He wants your faith to be real. He wants your faith to be honest. He wanted this from Zacchaeus. And then I think something that, one of the things that we uh, look at the Zacchaeus story and we can get, we can get lost a little bit in it, but, or, or we can say this is the only thing that happens here, is, is what Zacchaeus' reaction is to Jesus, Right? His reaction, right, is, is pretty crazy. I've heard some people say by the time he climbed down from the tree, he had, he had been saved by Jesus, right? His salvation happened from the moment he went up to the tree from the time he got down from the tree. But we see that Zacchaeus then makes this decision. He says, I'm going to get rid of every, I'm going to pay back all my debts. I'm going to do, and if people need more, I'll just keep giving it to them, right? And again, we can get lost in this passage and think it's all about the dollars and cents, y'all. But it's not. What's about is that Zacchaeus' whole life had been told, your worth is in what you bring in. That's your worth. That's your worth. You, you know, like, we can look at this passage and be like, yeah, but Zacchaeus interacted with Jesus. Who says no to Jesus to his face? Let's go back three chapters. In chapter 16 in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus interacts with the rich young ruler. And in that interaction, we would say, who says no to Jesus to his face? The rich young ruler did. So three chapters later, after Jesus had faced rejection time and time again, how many of you have faced rejection in your life? Yep, that's all of us. And so Jesus did too. He then gets to this part, and it's up in Zacchaeus. What are you going to do, Zac? What are you going to do, Zacchaeus? He says, I want to live for you. I'm not just going to chase after things anymore. I'm going to chase after you. This is why I love this story. A new life is born. A new life is born in this moment because Zacchaeus sees a new way. I think in our world right now, there's a lot of people trying to find out what is a new way to live life. Do I need to be busy? Do I need to be full? Do I need to be slow? Do I need to go to this thing? Do I need to get my kids here? Do I need to get my kids there? There's a lot of options, and a lot of people vain for your time to say, this is the new way to live your life. And again, Jesus is just here saying, I've got the way. For some of us, it's our eyes opening up for the very first time and seeing that there is a new way to follow Jesus. So in this day, as we hear this story of Zacchaeus, 
who was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree to see what he could, the Savior he wanted to see. He came down from the sycamore tree and he was a new man. He was new because he saw the new way to live. I think for all of us in this moment, we need to begin to break through those obstacles that we are facing. And we need to step into the life that Jesus has for us. It is the good and abundant life where we flee from sin and we keep our eyes upon Christ, who is our Savior. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for this time where we can gather together and be reminded of your great love through your Son, Jesus. It is also a time where we're reminded, Lord, where we, we have obstacles. We face things that keep us from you. And Lord, our desire is not to have that take place anymore. But our desire is to live fully and, and, and honor you in all that we have and do, Lord. Lord, there are things that we have been chasing and Lord, we've learned that as we chase these things, they are not the right things to chase, but all that we're to chase after is to, to chase after our Savior Jesus. Lord, often we can be like Zacchaeus, where we were told this is what we were supposed to be for and about, and we've done it our whole life, and we haven't even pushed back because that's just what we thought we were supposed to do. We thought we were supposed to be. We thought it was all right. If it makes me happy, I'm good with it, Lord. But the reality is this, God is that only genuine and true happiness comes in, in living a holy life with you. That we can become set apart to live abundantly into your grace and your mercy. And so, Lord, right now, our prayer is, is a simple prayer. Lord, we want to follow you in a new way. We want to follow your truth. For those of us here today who, who've never said this or, or need to say it again, right now, Lord, in the stillness and the quietness of our hearts, let us say, I follow you, Lord. I follow you, Lord. I follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here are the branches. All who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord are welcome to take communion. If you grab communion on the way in, uh, good. If not, we have a, just raise your hand and we'll bring some to you. Uh, and that'd be fantastic. But as we take communion, we're reminded that we are not perfect, but Christ makes us perfect. For everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. What a beautiful thing that is. Would you pray with me? Lord, bless this juice and this bread. Let it represent to us your body that was broken and your blood that was spilled. Lord, allow for us to know that if we've walked in here feeling broken, you are here to put us back together. If we've walked in here feeling that our cup is empty. You are ready to fill us up. All we have to do is repent of our sins and to say, Lord, I'm ready to follow you in all things. So Lord, right now in the quietness of our heart and the stillness of our minds, we repent. We ask that we turn from our old ways and we step into the new life with you. Jesus, I want to be new. Jesus, we want to be new. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Restore our souls. Restore our sight upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat.
the blood of Christ spilled for you and the forgiveness of your sins, take and drink. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice and for making us whole. In Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen.